This podcast is part of the Treksphere Network. To find more Star Trek-related content, visit Treksphere.com. Uh, yeah, well, let's get into it, because I do want to say, like... As you know, this is the measure of an episode, where it is our continuing mission to explore what makes a Star Trek episode a genuine Star Trek episode, and not just... Uh, well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> As the world I'm Paul. turns. And I'm Jonathan. And we do this with three criteria. The first one is, is there sci-fi uh, inextricably woven into the plot? Like a tapestry. Wow. And number two, <laughs> is that sci-fi presented in a novel and unique fashion? And number three is, is there a moral or ethical dilemma that a character faces? I'm Jonathan. And I'm Paul. And this week, we watched Enterprise. Season 2, Episode 20, Horizon. And the blurb is as follows. While Enterprise investigates a planetary, pheno- planetary? a planetary phenomenon, Meriwether takes the opportunity to visit a cargo ship where he was born and raised. And that's as exciting as it's going to get, everybody. Yeah. I will say... Nothing over- happens. Right. I, I really did like this episode. I, I like the actor who plays Travis, and I liked being able to see him not only have a focus, but have an actual... Uh, character development but that's kind of the end of it like there, there are so many issues that present themselves in this episode that are just character development lines rather than actual scenes and growth for the character you know like his dad dying and them having not spoken like that's resolved in 30 okay. seconds of dialogue with captain archer you know he says like this is the note that I got from your dad. And Travis is like, oh, my dad did care. Great. And then he never brings it up again. <laughs> and it's, it, there's nothing novel about this episode. Right. Zero. In both plots. And in, in the A plot, Meriwether's dad dies. When I, by the way, so can I say something to people? For any television writers listening, that goes for you, Jonathan. <laughs> All right, hang on. Let me get a notebook. Stop killing characters. Stop doing that as a, as a device for plot or progression of plot or character development come up with something new because inevitably what has to happen when you kill a character that is close to another character hang on hang on hang on on. yeah yeah yeah. i'll let you you got that yep got it okay when you kill a character that another character cares about then you have to have the requisite everybody's sad part of the episode and I understand that people become sad when people die. That's not my problem. My problem is that we've seen it before. We've seen it a million times. And again, I'm not saying this. there's no place for this. I'm just saying, can we be more creative in, in developing your characters? Can we do something that isn't just now somebody died, so now we have to have those scenes where everybody's sad or is, is sympathetic to the main character who lost somebody? It's just, it just takes up time from the episode. It's just filler now because everybody knows what you're going to say. Everybody has seen that scene. It's like, well, I'm sorry to hear your dad died. It's like, yeah, well, he was a great man. Yeah, well, he's going to be heavily missed. Oh, did you see this this ball he gave me? Yeah, it was great. I'm really sad that he's – you know, it's like we've seen it. It's been done since t- television was invented, you know? So can we please do something a little bit more creative with developing your characters because that was this episode. And I understand that they felt like this was a great way to bring all of the other characters or other members of Mayweather's family together. But there's other ways, more creative ways that perhaps have science fiction in them. Science fiction in. Uh, (laughs) It was such a good student. (laughs) 
my hand hurts now. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like you know, you see what I'm saying? I, I do. Just, like I, it it is it is a like this is what I was saying about the episode. It is a good character growth moment, and it was nice to have that conflict with his brother you know like kind of his brother being thrown into the captain's seat like i understand that that's why it was done so there would be that conflict between the two of them that wouldn't have been there well i mean no it could have been there with his dad like it didn't need to be with his brother and to add all of those sorry for your loss yeah it was a great man type thing but if you're gonna do that kind of thing anyway then when you bring the person onto the ship you should have like a welcome party of everybody who he's going to see later and have them, you know, just have one person kind of be like, you know, like, we're really sorry about your dad. You know, and have everybody be like, yeah, sorry, sorry. You know, and then, and then like, have that scene be done with everybody. And then you can move forward. <laughs> or just don't have the scene. Right? You right. Can, you combine the father character with the brother character known as the father character. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, there, it, it also would have worked if there had been... Two different conflicts, you know, like his brother resents him for like maybe getting off the ship um, for being better than him, especially if it's his younger brother. And he could have the conflict with his dad of bringing these Starfleet ideas to him and his dad being, uh, you know, being stubborn about it and saying, like, we don't we don't need these ideas. You know, our ship is doing just fine without it. OK, I'm glad you said that because I have a question. OK, I thought that the Enterprise was one of the first, I don't know about Federation, but the first starships that Earth created and sent out. But I'm starting to get the, according to this episode, there have been starships for generations now. Because uh, Mayweather, Mayweather's grandfather piloted cargo ships. Right. So how long have we been in space? I thought the whole Zephyr and Cochran thing happened just years ago, like in, in the timeline of Enterprise. Has it been hundreds of years? Like, what's been going on? No, it hasn't been hundreds of years. Uh, but what warp travel allowed us to do was to have stations on other planets that we could get to easily. And so there were cargo ships traveling within our own solar system. But I thought the whole thing that happened with Zephyr and Cochran in First Contact that kicked off, I'm, I'm guessing, the whole premise of Enterprise was within a decade of enterprise is that not true i guess I, obviously it is not true there no must have, it must have been a hundred years or something like that right but zephram cochran is also in the first episode as um, yeah as, as a living human <laughs> right <laughs> like I, I i so when when were there these cargo ships where his grandfather was piloting them right i mean maybe maybe his grandfather you know went into it at an older age anyway oh i see but didn't he make it feel like this was decades ago? Yeah. Where... Oh, yeah. Well, because he also said, you know, the, the blurb says he was born and raised on it. And I don't remember if he ever actually says that he was born there um, in this episode. Right. But at least 30 years, apparently. There's this weird antagonistic attitude towards Starfleet that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Where these cargo ship people, where they're civilians, and they're like, well, why don't you go take your Starfleet uniform and, get, you know, take it off, you know, that kind of stuff. Like what? Why? Are, isn't this good? Shouldn't we all be kind of friends here? Aren't we all going to the same? Like, aren't we all protecting each other? And well, the the brother kind of said that it's getting hard to find crewmen because people want the cush job of Starfleet rather than the dangerous job of being a freighter. And I get that, but it's also like, then why not just 
have the freighters roll into Starfleet and just have them be Starfleet freighters. Like why? And who are the freighters serving? Right. I don't. It, it's just it's very unclear. They brought they pulled this whole universe in with a couple of lines in this episode, and I want to know more about it. I guess right. it's probably all up there somewhere. But I don't remember. I watched a little bit of the show when it came out, and I don't remember it ever going. I because I, I've seen the first episode as well, where Zephyrin Cochran is in it. Mm-hmm. So and he looks the same age as he does in First Contact. Right. He's not. He's not a hundred years older, <laughs> as, they're, as they're implying with these lines about grandfathers piloting cargo ships. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's weird. It's a it's an unanswered question. Yeah, and and it's one that that is glaring, and I didn't think to research. So <laughs> hopefully, by our next Enterprise episode, I will I will have actually looked at the timeline and well, you know had that figured out a little bit better. Well, probably not. <laughs> probably not. You're probably you're, <laughs> right. <laughs> I will say it was very interesting. So, you know, in Next Gen, when somebody goes through a automatic door that it opens up when they come near it, closes when they uh, go out of it. And it's just two people, you know, when they were doing it practically, mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. two people pulling them open because they saw them and then pushing it closed when, yep. they, when they said that they left. And that's how they did that fancy trick. In this episode, at least one of them, when I think the shot where Meriwether, no, God, Mayweather is disembarking from the enterprise Mm -hmm. the doors are digital so when they because they're kind of really big doors and they slide open and mary gets off and it slides closed and it it kind of looked a little off to me it's like what is this it's it's like kind of the way episode one star wars looks like it's like "Eh, there's something wrong this this is not a real this is not a real walking rabbit (laughs) this feels this feels fake there's something off about this right <laughs> but you know, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. They they didn't do it practically. They did it with visual effects. And that was the most interesting that I could find in this episode. <laughs> I mean, I did like like I said, I did I did like the character development. Like I I really appreciated how Travis was, you know, he he came back with these Starfleet ideas. He's like, we can do this to your ship. And, you know, and his brother raises the practical argument of what happens when you're not here and this breaks down? But that was the end of it. You know, like Travis just goes grumping off and he could have said like, I can train one of your people. Like give me six hours with them. I just, right. you know, like I learned this since I've been gone. They can learn it too. Yeah, it was just sort of that a bit worn out plot of, oh, there's contention between two brothers because of something that happened in the past. And right. one of them is always giving them crap. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they're friends again. And right. this is old. I just didn't, I, I yeah. didn't, it wasn't interesting to me to watch. Also, no. where's the science fiction? Right. Well, and then we go over to Enterprise where everybody is trying to get to Paul to go see Frankenstein. That's the plot. <laughs> yeah. To Paul learns what movie night is. Right. That's it. Yeah. The end. Yeah, like there was, there, there's no sci-fi there either. There's a sci-fi in the background where they're talking about this planet, and oh, I thought you were talking about in the background with where Fra- Doctor Frankenstein was creating a new being. <laughs> right, like, right. That was the only science fiction in the show. <laughs> um, and they then they learn about the biological life signs that must have you know been brought up to the surface with all of the exploding volcanoes, and they do nothing with that. Like that's the end of it. It cuts back to Travis. And then they, they talk to – Travis talks to, to – or Mayweather talks to Archer, you know, and he's like, so how did it go? And he's like, oh, you know, went fine. Like we just you know, saw the planet, 
<laughs> saved an alien race for you know like just the usual regular <laughs> sunday night yeah um, exactly by the way just as a this is what's wrong with the enterprise is mm-hmm. they watch movies with all the lights on oh i didn't even notice i did like to paul's comment to flocks you know which one if you'd like we can pause the movie so you can finish your conversation <laughs> <laughs> that was good i'm gonna use that right i like that yeah. Okay, so this episode suffers from what I like to call the oboe syndrome. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. The oboe syndrome is whenever you hear an oboe in the score, or if there is ever an oboe employed in the use of the score, that it does not belong in Star Trek because it's going to be overly sentimental hmm. and perhaps trite and overworn in terms of plotline. Because if you watch Next Gen, very rarely... In fact, I will maybe argue that never was an, it was an oboe employed because oboe is normally used for very sentimental scenes where yeah, someone okay. is talking about their past or a family member who has died or something where there's a long conversation about someone's childhood. And it, it's just, that's the only time you can use oboes because it's very soloistic. It sticks out. It doesn't blend into the background. It's not really rhythmic. You know, it's just that's what you use it for. It's a soloistic instrument that is meant to evoke sentimentality. And uh, this episode suffers from this greatly. There are many scenes where it's just an oboe playing the theme and or playing a theme. And at the end, that's the end of that rant. Oh, the oboe syndrome. Oboe syndrome. Yep. O-B-O-E. Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> we do have a friend named Bo. I think you know the story. Whose first word was oboe? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, because he got his name. Well, <laughs> no, because when he dropped stuff, his parents would say, "Oh, Bo," and so <laughs> one day he dropped something and went, "Oboe." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. And then they right. named him Bo. <laughs> yep. Before that, they were just saying it. They're saying oboe. Well, he kept dropping the oboe. It's like, expensive. <laughs> right. Oboe. yeah he was just trying to play melancholy music okay so they they cap off this whole thing with the marauders of whatever cargo ship Mm -hmm. paul it's it's paul and travis those are their names those are the brothers names and paul is the captain and travis is not and and that's by the way the stakes of the episode (laughs) paul is captain travis is not but things are not as they seem (laughs) (laughs) and so what happens is they get attacked by these marauders and there's all this back and forth about what they should do. And the mom says, we've always just given them what they wanted so they won't kill us. It's a fair enough thing. That's what they say to do when you're being mugged. Don't fight back. Just give them your wallet. A mm-hmm. uh, hundred bucks is not worth getting stabbed over. It's good advice. Just right. give them what they want. And Travis is like, no, we should stand up to them. Stand up to them. So they don't do this again. Because whenever you stand up to somebody, that's when they don't ever do that thing that they're doing ever again. Right. They don't come back at you. With when you a, wound a fueled... their pride, they understand that you're better. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't fuel a vendetta of murder for them. So that's what they do. They say like they, you know, they temporarily disable this gunship with their crappy cargo ship. And they say, don't now you better think twice about doing this again to cargo ships. And they think that that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what they should have done, again, with the teeth problem with Star Trek, apparently, that it has. Man, that was a really poorly constructed sentence. <laughs> you want to try again? Yeah. No. You write down what I tell you. 
So, uh, I don't remember what my, what my thought was. I was so poorly constructed. It did not. What did I say? You were talking about what they should have done with the oh, it's destroy oh, with teeth. Yeah, destroy them. They were going to destroy you. Mm. Kill them, right? Or at least at least design that whole sequence where they could not. They had to kill them, and not this like don't you do this again? Like the very Superman, I better not see you around these parts again. You know that kind of thing. Well, they, but then, oh, right? I mean, and work ever. Star Trek does this kind of thing, but like the PTSD that that would give the crew. And Travis is like, yeah, there we go. All right, guys, I got to go. You know, and Paul is like, we we just killed an entire crew. And he's like, yeah, they won't be bothering you anymore. All right, guys, love you. See you, see you in four years. Yeah. Beams out. <laughs> yeah. Just, what, I what I expected to happen, and I know it, it might have been played for laughs more than it should have, but... When they detached the cargo to start fighting, the alien crew would just tractor beam the cargo and fly away. Yeah, I don't know why they wanted the ship. Right. I got the impression cargo ships were a dime a dozen in this. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what I got too. Well, and also that their ship was so old. Right. It was barely it was being held together with lipstick and chewing gum. There you go. Is that a thing? Nope. I messed that up. <laughs> okay. When uh, when lipstick is in space, <laughs> lipstick, it, be- <laughs> it becomes a super strong adhesive. Yeah, so what I said made sense. Right. Thank you. No Thank problem. You. So what will you say, Jonathan? Is this a proper Star <laughs> Trek episode? <laughs> well, so, I, I mean, I, again, I did like this episode. But what's what's so interesting to me about this is Enterprise has had no middle episodes. Like... We have not debated on Enterprise whether or not it was Star Trek. Like, it has been absolutely Star Trek or absolutely not. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. We have not, we have not hemmed and hawed on any, on any episode. But this is just so, I don't know, it just felt like a filler episode. Nothing happens. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting, too, about this is at the end of season one, so this was a, a season two, episode 20. At the end of season one, um, the actor who plays Travis was doing an interview and he actually said he'd like to see an episode that goes more into Travis's backstory and he would like to see Travis's sweet spot brought back. <laughs> sweet so, spot? Yeah, his sweet spot in the Enterprise. Uh, like every every ship has a sweet spot where the gravitational force is just kind of out of whack and that's why he was, like it's in the, it's in the season premiere, series premiere. Um, and that's why he was reading upside down in this area. It's not that the gravity was turned off in this area it's that it's kind of like the the middle of the ship almost and so yeah yeah, so gravity the the gravity the gravitational force doesn't work in that spot yeah the interplay of all the different gravitational plating is is, it cancels the gravity out i guess in this particular section okay so the whole episode starts or the episode starts with this scene where (laughs) meriwether is hanging out in like zero g yeah and it's very clunkily done. It doesn't – you can tell he's on a cable. And I understand this is a television show. This isn't gravity or, you know, whatever. Uh, not not the force gravity, but the movie gravity mm-hmm. where they had lots of money to show what, what it looks like to be an anti-gravity. You know what I mean? But it just felt like this wasn't cool enough 
to do a cold open where there's nothing happening. He's he's literally just called to the bridge and that's all that happens. And it wasn't cool enough to really carry a cold open like that. Right. It's just him on cables where he's kind of swinging back and forth. It just doesn't look... I, I was curious why they felt they needed to start the episode like this with there being nothing else because it just didn't, it didn't carry it. Well, right. And as we've pointed out, the conflict is the tag, is the button of the cold open. And... The cold open ends with the cold. Yeah, the cold open ends with them saying we're reversing course. And he's like, I'm on my way. (laughs) Just when it's starting and interesting. Right. Well, go to commercial. Yeah. Like, so the episode's conflict is about having to reverse course. I mean, you got it. Right. I I guess without reversing course, we wouldn't have had any of the things that we had in this episode. So I guess that makes sense. But right. Right. Yeah. Uh, By the way. So there is a point where one of Mayweather's friends comes in and I don't remember what the scene was about, (laughs) but basically they're basking in nostalgia about when they were kids. And they said, you know, sometimes it's nice to revert or regress a little bit into your childhood. And she says, well, should we turn off the gravity plates and jump on the bed? And they're like, ha ha, good times. I'm thinking to myself, "Uh, that's bad news. If you jump on the bed without gravity, because then you just jam yourself into the ceiling right well like, right how would I that mean, be fun you're you're basically like a a bouncy ball in the room slowly bouncing off of all the walls like you push <laughs> yourself off in one direction and then you would have to try to figure out how to rearrange yourself so you don't headbutt the wall on the other side that actually sounds like a lot of fun it could I think yeah about it. but kids would kill themselves because if you kick off of something if you're used to gravity it takes a certain amount of force to walk and to kind of maneuver in when, when in 1g but when there's zero G, like it does not take a lot of force. Like even writing with a pencil will push you off of a wall if you're in zero <laughs> right, G. Right, right. So if you're kicking off of walls, you're just going to give yourself a concussion when you yeah. hit the other side. Exactly. I mean, maybe so I want to see this now. That's why they got grounded. That's a good point. We just explained it. <laughs> Which I, I guess this episode makes sense. Right. Yeah. Great episode. <laughs> Full on yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually maybe the only bit of science fiction in this episode is that that implication of playing, bouncing or jumping on the bed without gravity would be dangerous. And so they would be grounded for it. Right. That's sci-fi. That's sci-fi. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) Okay. So we're at a, you're at a yes, no. I'm I'm going to no. Yes. Oh yeah. I thought no. Yeah, you're right. And you, you didn't like the episode or no? Or yes? I it, There wasn't enough in it for me. Okay. I, I just didn't. I was kind of just bored. It was just right. kind of a boring thing. And I would, the oboe syndrome was in full effect. And so I just couldn't, just couldn't get into it. So I'm a no-no. Okay. No-no. Oh, man. Is any of Star Trek going to be a proper Star Trek at a certain point? I guess, we, I guess it has been. Yeah. yeah I'm, last week's episode was. Yeah. Barely. All right. I am really excited to find out if next week's episode is proper Star Trek. Do we just talk about it now? We can, if you like. So, listeners, our next episode is our 100th episode. And we have been, so far, except for two special events playing, uh, recording Lower Decks, we have been watching the classic Trek because they're completed uh, and we were sticking to the rule of live action, with Lower Decks being the exception. Um, for our 100th episode, we are going to venture into new Trek. And we are going to watch not just an episode, because that wouldn't do it justice. We are going to watch the first season of Star Trek Picard. So we are so excited. I know, me too. So excited to see where Star Trek has come and gone. (laughs) It's going to be great. 
Yeah, so we're going to watch all 10 episodes. We're going to have a, what's what's that called? An, oh, an inflated, overextended, what, uh, just a... A cumulative. It's a cumulative analysis of the entire season as opposed to going through episode by episode. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, we're going to go over the story, which is the first season. This is not like classic Trek where each episode is its own story or occasionally there's a two-parter. This is a 10-part right. story. So right. Star Trek has evolved into what all other modern television has done, where it is heavily serialized. Yeah. Not, there's no self-contained episodes, really. It's all just 10-hour movies, basically. Right. Yeah. And this will, this will get us jazzed and better prepared for the DS9 finale as well. And we can watch those <laughs> 10 episodes. Oh, boy. <laughs> um. But yeah, actually, I I don't. We have no send off for this one. I guess not. Yeah. Guess there's not even a captain that we can make fun of. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What do we so, do? Well, I've been Jonathan, and I've been Paul, and this has been the measure of an episode. But you already knew that. There you go. That's it. That's all we can do. That's it. Okay. Bye. <laughs>